0: From CPR News, this is Colorado Matters. The pressure of being a teenager can be pretty intense to begin with. The pandemic only raises that anxiety. But life is not on hold. I definitely think my mental health has taken a little bit of a toll. It has been a crazy
1: year already.
2: I have reached some of the lowest lows, I think, during this pandemic, but also I've been at the highest I ever have. It really is a slippery slope. (laughs) One decision or one bad day can make everything turn around a different way.
3: A lot of people have been really struggling during the pandemic. We all have our bad days. We all have struggles. Um, But the important thing is overcoming these struggles.
0: Three teens share personal stories and solutions. Life's not on hold. Teens navigate missed milestones.
4: The largest source of support for Colorado Public Radio comes from members across our state. I'm from Denver. Aurora. Glenwood Springs. Grand Junction. Boulder. Pilots Ranch. With your donation, you connect your city to nonprofit journalism to inspiring stories and you connect your community to a wide range of music that fills our daily life. These recent months have been tough for everyone, but month after month, donors continue to step up. Thank you for your support.
0: This is Colorado Matters from CPR News and KRCC. I'm Avery Lowe. The pandemic has disrupted the lives of young people in so many ways, upending the ways that we often mark growing up, from sports to homecoming to quinceaneras, or even more tangibly, ways to earn scholarships, get into college, and plan for a future beyond COVID-19. Today in a special presentation, three teens share personal stories, and we focus on solutions they've found to cope and move forward. We call it Life's Not on Hold. Teens Navigate Missed Milestones, produced in partnership with Call to Mind, American Public Media's initiative to foster new conversations about mental health. Our first guest says that swimming is the closest thing she knows of to flying. So when the pandemic closed down pools, you could say it clipped her wings. Kate Jordan Little lives in Denver. She's 15 years old. Like many student-athletes, she's dealing with disappointments of canceled competitions and practices and uncertainty about the future. Hi, Kate. Hi! You play a lot of sports—golf, gymnastics, cross-country. Your main sport is swimming, and your goal is to swim in college. This year, you're a sophomore, so colleges will be recruiting you next year when you're a junior. Tell us about the roller coaster of getting time in the pool to practice and compete since the pandemic started.
1: Yeah, so it has been insanely difficult to get pool time. There are only so many outdoor pools that are available right now. Our team specifically would practice at high schools, and since the high schools are closed, we can't swim. And so we were training outdoor in a 50-meter pool in Lowry, Lowry like Lowry Air Force Center. And then they shut it down. And so now we're training. We were training once a week at the JCC. But now with high school starting, I'm getting in the pool every day at TJ, um, doing some two days, some three days,
0: which is awesome. And I'm really happy. So yeah. So you're finally getting some time in the pool, but there was a really long period of time, a lot of months where you were out of it or mostly out of the pool. Do you think the pandemic has affected your chances of being recruited to swim in college? Definitely. I think it has been
1: very hard to stay in shape. I mean, you can't, you can swim in your bathtub as much as you want to, but you're really not going to, you're not going to improve on your times and you're not getting those times for those meets that you need or you're not improving your times at all, like there have been no opportunities to do so. So I definitely think that in these next coming months and these next, like this next year, just training really, really hard and making sure that when I'm in the pool and when I have the opportunity to swim at a meet that I'm going all out and I am putting everything, every last little bit into it.
0: And like you said, until recently, you were only able to practice once a week. But other clubs, they've had almost daily practices even throughout the pandemic. How have you seen the pandemic widen equity gaps in high school sports? Definitely. So
1: you can see that with the the sports that get more funding or more fans that Chasa especially has been pushing for them to have a season. I mean, we're seeing this with high school football; they get to have a championship. Like all of their practices were normal, and they got to actually play against one another. But with swimming, we're doing virtual meets. We have to be completely socially distanced. Um, it's it's really challenging, and it is really unfair to say. Um, I mean, the sports and the schools have more money. Here than being and they're gonna succeed more uh the schools that can get more pool time I mean it's just it's really hard and it's it's been
0: rough <laughs> and we should say that football teams some districts have canceled those seasons altogether and so there have been some restrictions on those what about other students have you seen other students have even less opportunity that you've had to get in the pool
1: Totally. So I am super lucky and I am able to swim club. A lot of girls on my team and a lot of schools, just, and a lot of girls and boys all around, they haven't had the opportunity to be in the water because either their rec center shut down or they can't afford club or high school is really their only opportunity to get in the water. And that makes it extremely difficult. And it's it's really sad. It's really sad to see something that you love so much get taken away from you, but to see other people be able to do it
0: and to be able to succeed at it, that's really challenging. So what I'm hearing you say is there is a lot of uncertainty. How has all of this affected your mental health?
1: I definitely think my mental health has taken a little bit of a toll. It has been a crazy year already and has been just a little bit it's been exhausting and, like, trying to keep up with your schoolwork and getting those 40 Schoology assignments in. It's very stressful and there's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of anxiety around, when is my next meet going to be? Am I going to be in shape? Am I going to be fast enough? Am I going to be able to go those times that I was going at the end of the season? Am I able to even swim in college? And I think that there's a lot of anxiety built around that, but I have also feel like I have as a person, have grown and I have learned to advocate for myself in completely different ways and I am better with communicating with my teachers, with my parents, and with people about my mental health and my physical health and just being like, hey, I need help with this or xyz and I don't know. I feel like I've learned to advocate for myself more throughout this 2020 and 2021 and just try to keep really positive. And it's been challenging. It's been really hard to keep that positive mindset. But, you know, we're taking it one day at a time and just trying to put a smile on my face every morning.
0: Kate, we'll come back to you and share more of the concrete ways that you've been working to build up your mental health after we've met our other two teen guests. So Thank you for sharing your story. Of course. Keeping up with friends has been hard enough during the pandemic without moving across the country. Nadia Rivera recently moved from Los Angeles, California to Aberdeen, Maryland, and it's one of the many pandemic curveballs that she's fielded. She graduated middle school last spring without a dance or a chance to say goodbye to her friends. Now her big 15th birthday is coming up in August. For years, she's been looking forward to celebrating her quinceañera. For her, a rite of womanhood. Hi, Nadia. Hi, how are you? Doing well, thank you. You have been thinking a lot about your Latinx identity and how that ties into having a quinceañera. Can you tell me a little bit about why you feel this is important for you, this celebration, and how you feel like it is part of defining your identity?
2: A quinceañera is already a big symbol in the Latinx community of coming into womanhood. And for me, it means a bit more than that because I've always had struggle with my Latinx identity, with people telling me that I'm either not Latinx enough or being racist to me, so it's very confusing. So for me, this is sort of a way that I can prove myself.
0: Tell me a little bit more about that struggle for you. When did it start, and what sorts of things have people said to you?
2: People have said all types of things to me, but I think it really started in around sixth grade, the whole transition between elementary school and middle school. And some of those things to me were dangerous in many ways. The words can hurt. Um, People would say to me, like, if you don't like spicy foods, you're not Latino enough. Or if you don't praise God, you're not Latino enough. Or if you don't eat this, you're not Latino enough. But at the same time, I've also had people call me racist slurs. That sounds really tough.
0: So tell me a little bit about the quinceanera that you've been dreaming of. What would you do? What would it look like? And tell me a little bit more about what it would mean to you.
2: When I first learned about quinceaneras, I saw my older cousin have one when she turned 15. And that is when it all started. I think I was five years old. And it's always been a sort of Cinderella Disney dream to me. And as I got older, I got To be able to look more and more forward to it, I thought that it was going to be this whole big ball, essentially, like Cinderella, big dresses, a lot of decorations, shiny things, a lot of guests, a big cake and a lot of fun. But now it's kind of hard to not be able to know if I'm going to be able to have that or not.
0: Yes, yeah, so let's talk about that a little bit because COVID-19 vaccines are rolling out, but it's really hard to know what August will look like. What are you thinking about how the pandemic may affect your quinceañera?
2: The pandemic has definitely made not just my quinceañera super unpredictable, but I'm thinking that it might not happen, but It might with certain restrictions, so we could do social distancing, we could have everyone wear masks still, obviously, but it's hard to know if certain venues are going to close down because they don't have enough money for themselves, even if we are able to have the quinceañera. There are different factors from not just us.
0: Yeah, and identity is a huge part of mental health, so... How have the opportunities that you've missed during the pandemic or that you may miss and you just have a lot of uncertainty about, how have those affected your mental health?
2: Those have also really made my mental health a roller coaster. I have reached some of the lowest lows, I think, during this pandemic, but also I've been at the highest I ever have. It really is a slippery slope, (laughs) one decision or one bad day can make everything turn around a different way. Yeah, and you've also
0: been talking a lot with your parents about the ways that you've struggled with identity, and have they given you advice that's been helpful even though you may not have the quinceanera that you dreamed of
2: having? They definitely have, and we've had more than one discussion about it before, but they've always told me to stick up for myself like they have throughout all my life, not just with this sort of identity crisis, but it's more than that. It's more like I have to not have to prove it to other people. I have to know for myself before I want to say anything else like that.
0: That's 14-year-old Nadia Rivera and 15-year-old Kate Jordan Little. Now let's introduce the third member of our teen panel. Jack Rogoff is a junior from Lakewood, Colorado. When he faced bullying in middle school, he struggled to find support. Now he's passionate about helping other teens, whether it's by making himself available to listen or connecting folks with resources. He's a peer leader for Sources of Strength in his high school. It's a program that focuses on suicide prevention and supporting teens' mental health. Hey there, Jack.
3: Hi, how are you doing?
0: Doing well, thanks. What a year to be a peer leader for mental health. Tell us a little bit about what you do as a leader for Sources of Strength.
3: So with Sources of Strength, we have different campaigns every month. We focus on the different parts of uh, the wheel. And the wheel is one of the big parts of Sources of Strength. It has um, different colors on it that represent different categories of mental health, such as family and friends, um, mental health, support, spirituality, just different parts of things that make us us and so every month we gather to create a special and unique campaign that focuses on one of those different categories and we will either do activities with people around the school or we might do an online campaign which is a lot of what we've been doing this year with everything being remote. but it's just, it's so much fun to be a part of. And it really makes me feel like I'm making a difference in other people's lives. And it's a really special thing to be a part of.
0: And This is your third year to be in this program. Tell me about how you've seen the pandemic change the ways students can access mental health resources, because that's a big part of it, too, is connecting students with those
3: resources. It's been a very interesting change of pace. Um, a lot of people have been really struggling during the pandemic. Um, I know myself and my friends were no exception. We all have our bad days. We all have struggles. Um, But the important thing is overcoming these struggles. So if it's reaching out to the Colorado crisis line or for LGBTQ plus youth, they can reach out to uh, the Trevor text or talk line. There's There's a lot of different ways that we can advocate for different people to help them find the best way To help themselves, and that's it's it's really important. But one of the big steps that we've taken is a lot of our campaigns have moved to virtual campaigns. So on our Instagram, we have different things we do with teachers, like two truths and a lie, and then students are able to get involved with their teachers and find out more about them. And we just we try to do a lot of different things that help out our school and our community. Um, But the pandemic has definitely shifted things a lot. And it's been more virtual and less um, in-person communication. But I think we've been able to take the pandemic with a grain of salt and really do good for our community.
0: And you're a peer leader. You're also 16 years old and you're going through all of this too. Like you said, you and your own friends are dealing with mental health. Tell me about what you're missing this year.
3: Oh, so much. Um, I... (laughs) There are so many things that I miss about going to school. I'm a huge nerd. I love school. I love learning. And I miss being in that atmosphere. Our school is actually moving back to hybrid next week, which will be exciting to be able to actually see other people, which I don't do anymore. Um, But I mean, just a few of the things I'm missing. I was also in EPC, which is Event Planning Committee. And so we would plan all the school dances and the assemblies. And that, I mean... I miss those a lot because even at the time when there were so many people in one area and I'd be like, wow, this is overwhelming. You never realize how much you miss that overwhelming feeling until it's gone. Um, Another big thing that I really miss is marching band because along with being a huge nerd, I'm also in marching band and I absolutely love marching band. It is one of my favorite parts about being in high school. Um, A lot of people, don't take it as seriously as a lot of us take it. Um, We compete, we do different things and it's, it's so much fun. And even though people don't consider a sport, we put in a lot of work and passion to what we're doing and it really shows through our performances and it's a really special activity. Um, There's, I mean, I don't even know how to list everything, you know, there's just, there's so many things that all of us are missing out on, um, especially it being my junior year. There's so many things like junior prom, you know, unless we do a mass ball, we're probably not going to have a prom. And, you know, that's, it's devastating for a lot of people and I'm no exception.
0: Tell me about how that has affected your mental health.
3: Mental health. We don't know her. Um, No, I'm just kidding. But (laughs) uh, I mean, I have been doing my best to keep my mental health stable. Um, You know, there's been a lot of obstacles in the way especially with not seeing anybody and doing classes online, which especially for me and a lot of other people is really difficult. Um, but it's, you know, it's hard to admit to not being okay. And that's something that we need to normalize in society. It's okay to not be okay, but we're moving towards that, but we're not fully there yet. So, um, I am right now I'm okay, you know. I'm I'm doing my best. I'm very happy to be here. I'm trying to do things that I'm passionate about to help me stay happy and healthy like playing the piano or doing virtual D&D campaigns or listening to music. It's just it's finding the things I'm passionate in to help me be me.
0: It is okay to not be okay. That is very good perspective. Thank you for sharing, Jack. I want to go to something that you mentioned, Jack, earlier that this is the first time you've had social media. Before the pandemic, you didn't have any. I think you had Facebook Messenger, and now you've got the whole kit and caboodle Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Um, so, Jack, I want to hear about your experiences with social media. And Kate and Nadia, I also want you guys to reflect on how social media has been a part of dealing with the mental health side of this pandemic. So, Jack, why don't you go first?
3: Oh, man, social media. Uh, it's such a controversial topic in media today because you have documentaries like the social dilemma that are showing the negative sides of social media and all the harm it's doing to society. But my experience with social media has been completely different to that. Um, The first form of social media I got was Snapchat. And the first time I got on there, I was so grateful because I was able to connect with people that I hadn't talked to in, six years uh my best friend from fourth grade one of my only close friends in elementary school moved away and i never spoke to him again except for when i got on snapchat because he just randomly added me and i added him back and i was like you look the same except you're a little taller and your voice is much deeper um and it was just it was a amazing experience because i could just text people on on Messenger, but now I had this whole opportunity to talk to people that I didn't even see at school. Um, with Instagram, I think it's amazing to see what other people's lives are like right now. Um, mine's really boring. You know, if I post on Instagram, it's usually like, "Hey, look at this new tapestry I got. It's super cool." Um, while other people are out in the Grand Canyon going on hikes, you know, and it's it's so much fun to see other people and what they're doing. Um, except for when they're not wearing masks. That's that's not okay. But <laughs> um after I got those two forms of social media, I got things like TikTok and Facebook and um now I'm on Twitter, which is whew, that's a whole different topic. But um TikTok has been great because it's actually really helped me um connect with my generation. Um I really honestly, despite all the jokes that are made about Gen Z, I really consider us the generation of change. And you could see it on TikTok. you know, everybody was posting about black lives matter and all these different things that just created so much change. And if we keep doing what we're doing, we're going to create a really positive future for other people. And, you know, it's also really fun to just see like a cute dog video, you know, it's there's so (laughs) there's this whole shift in different videos you can see, and it's so much fun. And so I, I really, I view social media as a really positive thing and, I'm very grateful for being able to get on when I did because the pandemic would have been so much harder without it.
0: You're listening to Life's Not on Hold. Teens navigate missed milestones produced in partnership with Call to Mind, American Public Media's initiative to foster new conversations about mental health. We just heard from 16-year-old Jack Rogoff. When we come back, 14-year-old Nadia Rivera and 15-year-old Kate Jordan Little shared their experiences with social media and how they avoid the pitfalls of negativity. Before we go to break, if you or someone you know is struggling with anxiety or having thoughts of suicide, we implore you to talk about it. You can call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 1-800-273-TALK. Again, that's 1-800-273-TALK. I'm Avery Lill. You're with Colorado Matters from CPR News.
2: As coronavirus continues to spread, the vaccine is rolling out
4: across the state, and CPR News has what you need to know. You'll find complete coverage online, including our always up to date guide to different phases of vaccine distribution
3: statewide and county by county help on how to make appointments. Just go to cpr.org/slash coronavirus.
0: Today, a special presentation, Life's Not on Hold, Teens Navigate Missed Milestones, a candid discussion about the many ways the pandemic is disrupting the lives of young people, the pressures they're feeling, and how they're working to overcome that anxiety. We're joined by 16-year-old Jack Rogoff, 14-year-old Nadia Rivera, and 15-year-old Kate Jordan Little. Kate, tell me a little bit more about your experience with social media during the pandemic. So, originally
1: I had started off like full-fledged quarantine, spending a ton of time on TikTok, on Instagram, Netflix, just really zoning in on my phone. But I started to notice that my mental health started to decline rapidly. Um, I was just scrolling on TikTok of like these endless girls just very skinny and very beautiful and I was like, I don't look like that. I have a very different body. And so I kind of started exercising and eating out of place of self-hate and so I was like you know what we're gonna take a step back from social media and so I deleted it for a couple of months and now I am back on social media and it is incredible I am following so many motivational people and people who just inspire me to be a better person and there are so many resources about mental health I mean since this summer, I have just been noticing how much my friends and people that I follow on Instagram are sharing these resources or sharing these petitions, are just really trying to make the world a better place through social media. And so I think that that is amazing. So my feed completely changed. It used to be like all about exercise and being tiny and all that. And now it's you are enough. You are beautiful inside and out. And it's, it's amazing to see those like positive messages. And like, occasionally I'll click through a story and I'll be having like a low moment and it'll say something like, you are here for a reason. You are going to make it through this. You are going to be okay. And that, that has changed the game for social media. And I love it. I think that social media is an amazing resource. And I think that it's a great way to connect with other people. And I definitely think that being able to Snapchat with one of your friends who lives across the country is amazing. And just staying in touch um, when everything is virtual.
0: You've really been on both sides of it during the pandemic. And it sounds like you're being really intentional about who you're following and what you're watching. Nadia, tell me about how social media has been for you during the pandemic.
2: I feel like I've already gone through that sort of phase where I can realize that social media can be dangerous for your your mental health before the pandemic. So by the time that we went on lockdown and in quarantine, I knew what parts to stay out of, who not to follow. And I knew how to use it as more of a resource for myself, like accounts on mainly TikTok and Instagram, for me at least, that tell you things you can do to not be bored or to stay happy or to treat yourself or, you know, take care of your mental health. And it's really been useful. Some people think that those accounts don't do anything, but I know that they do for me and a lot of other people. Not only that, but it's this incredible connection with the entire world. Without it, I can see how some people would feel almost blind, like they have no no connection. But with it, you get to relate to people and it's really comforting knowing that it's not just you going through this. You see all the other people online in the comment section saying, oh yeah, I relate to that too. Oh my gosh, I understand you. And it, like I said, it feels warm and nice to know that it's not just you and that you're normal. Everyone goes through this or is going through this.
0: There's a lot of connection to be had there. You have each mentioned adults in your life that you've gotten support from during the pandemic, and that's really important. Tell me about what you feel like people who aren't teenagers, people who are adults, don't understand about what it's like to be a teen and missing things during the pandemic.
2: Um, I can go first, but I think that you're never going to truly get it being a teen or a kid in this in this new era really since you're not one of course you know what it's like when back when you were a kid but obviously things have changed Uh, there's a whole new aspect of accepting yourself but also a new way of like for example cyberbullying that's a whole new thing sure it was in like maybe the early 2000s when social medias and new phones were just being released but Now it's increased by so much because people are experts with technology so much more, so it can be dangerous really. And not everyone gets that, to know how to protect themselves and know that maybe that's another reason why they don't wanna go to school or things like that. Also with the social media, parents might think that that is the problem and for some kids it can be but even if they do it's i don't think they know yet the right way to handle that or help their kids with that
0: kate what about for you what do you wish adults understood more about teens going through the pandemic
2: I think that there
1: are so many internal and external pressures that we are facing right now. I mean, you have 40 Schoology assignments every day and you're trying to stay on top of your homework and trying to stay healthy and like still trying to have that human connection with other people. And I, I don't think that adults really comprehend how hard it is to be on your computer from 8 in the morning till 3 p.m. I mean, that's so much time on your computer. It's hard when your Wi-Fi goes out. I mean, there's so many external things that are happening right now that we can't control. And so I think they're like, oh, it's, it's online. It should be easy. Like, you have everything at the tip of your finger. But then again, everything is at the tip of your finger. And so the expectations have not changed yet the expectations have kind of increased. Like for my school, we are still doing the same amount of work that we would be doing if we were in person. And I don't know, it's just really hard. And I think that there are a lot of pressures like with getting into college and getting straight A's and you know, being at the top of your game all day, every day, and just being like this perfect kid. And that is just, it's, it's an unattainable goal kind of right now. And I think that a lot of kids are suffering with this unattainable goal. And it's just been, it's been really hard. I mean, kids are maybe have to, they might have a job right now, or they're doing a bunch of extracurriculars online, or they're having to take care of their younger siblings. I mean, it's just, it's really hard. And so I think that adults need to give us a little grace and maybe just say, thank you. You are doing this. You are strong. You can you can keep on doing this, but just be a little bit more understanding for sure, because this is this is not like school was for my parents at all. And it's it's definitely challenging having to adapt and adapt to school and sports and really everything in a virtual setting right now.
0: What about professional mental health care? Have you sought out therapy or maybe even a school counselor or what barriers have you found if those are things that you haven't been able to access?
3: So I personally, I've been able to um, find ways of coping. Um, I haven't done therapy or uh, talked to a counselor as much as I probably should have. Um, But I have reached out to different um, lines like the safe to tell line where you can talk to a person and talk about your problems and they can just support you with whatever's going on. And I think that's a really awesome thing. Um, I think it's, it's great that we have that way to support other people now. Um, Like I was saying, a a very big organization that I just, I commend every day. They, they are one of the best organizations I've ever heard of is the Trevor, the Trevor project. They, They're so incredible for what they're doing for the LGBTQ plus youth. And um, I know for a lot of people that that can be a controversial topic. And for me, it's just, we're all people and everybody deserves the chance to be helped. And so it's very important to me to spread the word that everybody, every person's life is worthy of being alive and no matter who you are or what background you come from, you matter. So, them having that influence on that group of youth people is just phenomenal because an interesting t- statistic I know from them and from sources of strength is that um, LGBTQ plus youth are more likely to have suicidal thoughts or actions be- just because of who they are. And I think that's awful. You know, you shouldn't be ashamed to be who you are. And I think organizations like the Trevor Project are really helping to. Eliminate that fear. Um, so, personally, I haven't reached out to as many people as I probably should have, but there are a lot of great resources out there that if I really felt the need to, I could.
0: Jack, thank you for sharing those resources. Kate, have you reached out to a professional counselor or your school counselor?
1: Yeah, so I actually have an amazing connection with my high school counselor and she is the most amazing supportive person on the entire planet. And we'll meet occasionally and I'll just kind of rant to her about everything that's been going on. And I mean, our TJ mental health staff is incredible. I mean, we have someone for everything. And so, and like our teachers make it well-known, like if you're really struggling, go email them. Or if you just need a little bit of advice, go email them and set up a Google Meet. But I definitely have a very strong support system. And I have my parents and my older sister. And I mean, they're my best friends, and I can tell them everything. And and they get it. They get that this is really challenging, and this is really hard. And um, I have reached out to a professional. And this was before COVID even started. So it's been, it's been challenging to meet with her in a virtual setting and kind of change how everything is going but I do and it is I think that seeking out and talking to someone is probably the most valuable resource ever and it is just it's a great way it's a great coping mechanism to just talk to somebody about what's going on in your life
0: yeah that's big thank you for sharing it Nadia, tell me about your support system and if you've sought out professional care.
2: I have been to a therapist before and it's really helped me a lot. But in terms of like being able to open up and things like that, I think that, you know, there still needs to, there's still some work to be done there. As of guidance counselors from schools, personally, I never thought of them as reliable because I always thought that they were just kind of there to say that they were there. I never I never found them as useful for me. But that's just my personal opinion. That's just me. I know that they do work for some other kids and more than that, in a virtual setting, I don't really know how to contact one. They haven't really talked about that at my school, how to contact a guidance counselor, how to set up a meeting with them or anything like that. So I think that that also has a lot to do with it. Maybe more kids would be coming in to schedule meetings if they knew how.
0: Yeah, that can be a tough relationship to build if you don't feel like you have the access. Well, I wanna thank you each so much for sharing today. I really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you. Thank you.
3: It's been an amazing opportunity.
0: We're listening to a special presentation, Life's Not on Hold, Teens Navigate Missed Milestones. When we come back, Felice Frazier, a licensed therapist and school social worker, joins the conversation, along with Rosalind Weissman, a teen mental health advocate and author of Queen Bees and Wannabes. We'll explore more solutions for navigating these deep losses. This is Colorado Matters from CPR News.
4: Listen to CPR news and get the word on what's happening all around the state.
0: And visit Denverite.com to get even more news from the Mile High City. Hi, I'm Anna Campbell, editor of Denverite, and you'll find our small but mighty reporting team all over town, bringing you the useful and delightful news you need to live, work, and play in Denver.
3: Get the daily Denverite newsletter delivered straight to your inbox every morning. Sign up at Denverite.com.
0: Let's get back to our special presentation, Life's Not on Hold, Teens Navigate Missed Milestones. Now let me bring back Jack Rogoff. He's a high school junior and a mental health peer leader from Lakewood, Colorado. And welcome Felice Frazier and Rosalind Weissman. Felice Frazier is a therapist and school social worker at Independence Academy in Thornton, Colorado. She's also the president of Colorado's chapter of the Association of Black Social Workers. And Roslyn Weissman lives in Boulder. She founded Cultures of Dignity, an organization that advocates for young people's physical and emotional well-being. She also wrote the book, Queen Bees and Wannabes that inspired the movie Mean Girls. Felice, you work with teens in school and in a private setting. Tell me what struck you from our teen panelists and what they're dealing with in the pandemic.
5: Quite a few things, actually. I think it was Kate who started, um, she stuck in my mind because she started perseverating on what was wrong with her, you know, because she no longer had the external, um, the swimming, the being with your friends and that kind of stuff. And and she started internalizing what was wrong. and And my heart went out to her then She turned it around really quickly. She said, I found things to, to I, I, she took a step back. She removed herself from social media. She removed all the negative externals and then started to find all the strengths within herself. Um, and with Jack, he made me smile because he said, well, I didn't reach out as much as I should have, but I reached out. And that was the big thing. And he, he, he not only um, advocated for himself, he became an advocate. And, and that was um, very promising. And then with Nadia, the, the big one, that you, you can hear her saying, I want to, but I can't. But she didn't close down to the opportunities out there for her that in the event that she will, that, that she can, that she will. So it was very impressive that, that they were all just resilient in everything.
0: That's really good perspective on resilience in the pandemic. Rosalind, what stood out to you?
4: Well, what stood out for me was, um, you know, Kate talking about the pressure and that she feels that, um, you know, she's falling behind basically with not being able to get practices in. And that seemed like a universal feeling. And I've heard that from other young people that, you know, they're going to be behind, they're going to be behind. And I was really struck by, you know, a couple of things. One is, is that a lot of us are in the same boat that way as far as um, young people not being able to do these opportunities that they were so committed to and have committed so much time and effort to. Um, But it puts so much pressure on young people that when they are given the opportunities now to go back into the pool or to go back into practice if they're in some way, if their team is starting to work, is starting to practice or whatever they're doing, um, that it puts so much pressure on them of the few opportunities that they do have to perform well. And I'm really concerned about that because, you know, there was tremendous, tremendous anxiety and depression before the pandemic and in feeling, and you could hear it in some of their comments about like, you know, I always have to be perfect. I always have to be this. I always have to be that, um, that, you know, when you compound that with feeling like you have very much less opportunity to, shine or to show yourself. I really want young people to take a moment to say, hey, wait a minute, I don't want to put myself in a situation where I'm even putting more pressure on myself in the few moments that I'm given. Is this possibly, and I think Nadia talked about this in the quinceañera, that is this a moment, these are rites of passages that are so important for young people, and is there a way and how can we, and I think Jack talks about this too, about how can we create meaning in whatever way we can in the moments that we do have. And I really want us to highlight that for parents and for young people. I really appreciate
0: that you highlighted that there was already a lot of stress that teens were facing before the pandemic. Before COVID-19, about a third of Colorado youth reported feeling sad or hopeless, and that's according to a survey of about 50,000 middle and high school students. Jack, I wonder... Have you thought about how things are going to look for you after the pandemic as you catch up on school and all the things that you've missed, like Roslyn was talking about? Do you feel that pressure?
3: 100%. Um, Mm. It's something that I think about on the daily. Um, Mm. And, you know, it's something that we we don't consider all the time. You know, sometimes when you're doing school and you have an assignment that's due by three and you're like, I just... I need to take some time for me right now when you're not able to get that assignment turned in and then it turns into two assignments and then five and then 10 and it just all starts to jumble up into a mess. And having that mess, we need to be able to overcome it so that we can still accomplish what we want to do. I think after the pandemic is becoming a very common term, it's like, once the new year happens, I'm going to start working out. You know, it's kind of like after the pandemic, I'm going to be doing all these things. I am gonna, it's going to be a new me. Um, but I'm trying to take a lot of these steps to prepare myself for once it is over, because once it's over, you know, we're going to go back to life and I'm going to maybe even be starting my senior year or college or doing all these things. So with having these struggles, the most important part about overcoming them is thinking about the future. Because I know that if I do my best during school right now, even if I get behind and I recover from that, as long as I get good grades, you know, that going into my senior year, it'll make the whole year easier. And then applying to colleges, they'll be able to see me and say, you know, he lived through a global pandemic, but was still able to achieve a 4.1 grade point average, you know, and that's something special. But you can also see that like my freshman year, I had straight A's the entire time the entire time. And I was super proud of it. But once the pandemic hit, you can see that there was just this shift. And this happened for so many students, the shift of into online learning, how difficult it was for us, you know, and, you know, it's just we need to keep looking to the future. Because when we look to the future, we can see what we need to do to be able to be successful.
0: And I actually want to bring in a question from an audience member, because this is something a lot of people are thinking about. Um, On Zoom, a 16-year-old from Thornton, Colorado asked, I've been trying multiple methods to stay motivated during online school, but I always double back to not being able to pay attention. Any suggestions?
5: How do you stay motivated? You know, I was asking myself that question this morning, Um, and what I found was, If I can compartmentalize what I need to do and how I need to do it, if I can give myself, uh, create a platform for yourself, if I feel myself starting to fade off, I hum a tune, I get up and walk around, I'll do a wall sit, I will do push-ups, I will bring something to bring myself back into focus and then get back into uh, what it is that I'm doing. And and what I wanted to add was, I was listening to Jack and he was saying, you know, we were looking at the future and the future and the future. And it, what popped in my mind was, um, it was Denzel Washington that said, a dream without goals is nothing but a dream. And so the quinceaneras, the proms, all of the, the rites of passages that you had, you can create those, make those your goal. If that is your biggest dream, then scaffold that ladder and climb on every rung on that ladder to create that dream. I did not go to prom, and I graduated 150 years ago, right? I did not go to prom, and for years I kept saying, gee, I'm a nerd, I didn't go to prom, I didn't go to prom, I didn't go to prom, right? And I got stuck in that box of all the things I didn't do or couldn't do back then, and what I did was I kicked my box wide open, and my prom is every year on my birthday, And so I created my new prom. And so when my birthday comes, I get dressed up. I am the queen of the world for that day. That is my new prom. Don't get so stuck in right now that you can't see your tomorrow, right? Find your dream, create your goals to meet that dream, and your tomorrow becomes today.
0: I love the way that you vision cast that and I love the concrete things that you do Felice to stay motivated and just stay in your body and in the present. Um Rosalind, did you also have any suggestions?
4: Yeah, um I do. I mean, I think the the what we look at at cultures of dignity is there is a way to define happiness that directly correlates to motivation. And it's a big concept, but then if we can do it on a day-to-day basis, it gets more granular. So the way we define happiness is not having no conflict or being able to go to prom or having all the things that you expected to have. Um, And and I also just wanna put a little little thing on that, which is that some of those rituals that we got so used to doing had lost a lot of their meaning for a lot of people. So I, I wanna, you know, before the pandemic. So I wanna be, I wanna highlight that because I think it's really important about how do we actually take this as an opportunity to reclaim meaning in our lives and the relationships we have with people. But the way that we define happiness is, is this, is that you have a sense of purpose, you have meaning beyond oneself, you're contributing to something beyond oneself, that you have meaningful social connection, that you have a curiosity about something, that you're curious about you know what you're learning. That would be cool in school to actually you know, be curious and have a sense of, oh, this is why I'm learning what I'm learning. I can apply it to my life now. I get to apply it. I can see how I would apply it later. And then the last one is a place to process and find peace. And so if you have those things, if you are looking to have those things, if that's your foundation, and then what I'm asking you, the person who wrote in to do is to then get more specific about that. So I'm not asking you to then become this thing of like, oh, I have to do all of these things every day. It's another thing to, you know, have, to have a goal to meet or an expectation. It's for you about what is going to make you feel connected and present in this world today. And therefore, what is going to motivate you? Because you're motivated when you see the purpose of what you're doing. And so I would take a moment um, for the person who wrote in to just to write down, like go to somewhere where it's quiet and put your phone away and don't put it on your phone also. Um, Because if you have it near your phone, you will be tempted to pick it up. And I would like for you to think about what an answer to those questions of what gives you purpose, what give, what are you curious about, what gives you meaningful social connection, what gives you a place to process and find peace. And then I want you to then connect it to the, the places in your life or the schoolwork that you're having the hardest, biggest challenges of being motivated. And then I want you to try and make a bridge between the answers that you had about what makes you happy. And the challenges that you have about being motivated. And if you can identify one thing, one connection, then it gives you a different kind of grounding when you're feeling like, oh, this is so boring. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm so tired. I can't stand being in my house anymore. Or whatever are the very good reasons that you feel distracted right now.
0: Rosalind Weissman is a teen mental health advocate and author of Queen Bees and Wannabes, Police Fraser is a licensed therapist and school social worker. Jack Rogoff is a high school junior from Lakewood and a mental health peer leader. We recorded this conversation in front of a live Zoom audience in partnership with Call to Mind, American Public Media's initiative to foster new conversations about mental health. And we have so much more to talk about. We'll continue the discussion on Colorado Matters on Tuesday and online at CPR.org. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Avery Lill. This is Colorado Matters from CPR News.